Hey, I'm Flash. We're back. We're back. We back. We decided this election season, uh, there were enough clowns making headlines. You didn't need us around. So we took a little hiatus for you uh, while we were working on our show, Five Facts. And uh, now that that's behind us, we are back. Um, and we brought our friend who helped us produce Five Facts, uh, the editor-in-chief, if you will. Uh, Mitch Vieiras is going to join us here today. Uh, not only was he working his butt off over the past 10 weeks to make that show possible, but he just put to bed a major production, uh, which is making its world premiere debut at the Hawaii International Film Festival, uh, which is doing something very special during COVID-19. It's a uh, virtual presentation. We'll get, we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But please welcome... Uh, the producer, the writer, the director of Water Like Fire, Mitch Viernes. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me today. It's an honor. It's great to see you, man. It's It's been such an incredible few weeks. You know, we, I, we have to start with the backstory here is um, when we do uh, our, our television shows, when we did Living Room Live, the whole thing was edited and produced in Flash's garage, okay? It was basically, it was Flash... Uh, with a, uh, a 1980s uh, Apple IIe. And uh, he, was, he was literally taking Instagram videos and turning it into a television show. And somehow that flew enough for them to give us another show. And this one took a little more effort. You had to take uh, real- This experts. is more like a real show. <laughs> yeah, real experts, real video, real editing, and- Graphics. Incredible graphics. Um, and you managed to produce 10 shows uh, in about eight weeks. And so uh, we want to say thank you for working so damn hard on that. Yeah, it was a it was a 10 week marathon. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it just ended. Of course, uh, we're, we're just now uh, now that the elections behind us, that's gone. And now you can really focus your attention on the exciting project here because your film which uh, was also produced pretty quickly, um, has been uh, waiting for its world premiere. And of course, the hopes and dreams of that got dashed by COVID-19, um, but were revived when Hawaii International Film Festival came to the rescue. Tell me about what's going on. Yeah, um, well, I don't know about quickly. We actually <laughs> worked on this film for the past three years, honestly. The shoot was quick, quick, though. The actual shoot itself was quick. Yeah, didn't well, you say shot you, you shot it? Yeah. yeah. We shot it over about like a week and a half, a big chunk of it. And then over the course of the past three years, we we were doing pickups over like weekends, working around everyone else's day jobs um, to to get the rest of the film shot and done. So it was maybe about that, that first week and a half. And then over the next year and a half, it was pickups here and there on weekends. And then since then, we've just it's just been um, post-production editing and everything. Explain to um, someone who, you know, isn't in TV or film uh, what, what, what a pickup means. So, I mean, essentially, there were some things that we had to reshoot and there were other things that we couldn't. We had a small week and a half time frame when our entire cast and crew were available to shoot. And then after that, as we were extending the film into a feature, um, the pickups are just extra days when we were available to shoot whatever was left to be shot. So just things that we couldn't shoot within that first week and a half um, time window. Awesome. Now, before we go any further on this, I want to just start off the podcast the right way. Thank you. Um, it's Sweet. been so damn long. Uh, <laughs> we need cocktails. Uh, Flash, what do you, I see you're reaching for something. What do you got? I'm, uh, 
if, if you've been a, a fan of the podcast, I, I think a few months ago, this death's door white whiskey was full. And I don't know if you can see now, this is just my office cocktail, but, but it's almost, it's almost gone now. And after we get the full election results by hopefully, you know, today or tomorrow, this is going to be empty. I'm drinking this straight out of the bottle. Straight out yeah. of the bottle? Oh my God, you're a <laughs> hardcore man. Mm, that's delicious. <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. Mitch, I hope the class gave you a heads up. You got a cocktail in front of you? Um, not, no, I, I don't. And actually, Flash, I know Flash, I told him I was on like some kind of alcohol. He is. I broke it last night. <laughs> I was Did so you really? stressed out. I, had to, I went through like two bottles of wine. Explain, explain, wow, yeah. explain this um, <laughs> this fitness regime you've been on and Maleko, take notes. <laughs> no, I was, it was just this thing I've been trying out called 75 hearts. It was like for 75 days, um, no alcohol, follow a diet you can follow. Um, two workouts, two 45 minute workouts a day and one of them has to be outdoors. Um, but I've been enjoying sticking to it, but I, I definitely broke broke it last night. Yeah. Isn't well, this had, the same thing you're on, Flash? and carbs. <laughs> Flash, isn't this the same thing you're on, this uh, no, uh, no Drink November, or what's it called? No. Oh, Sober October. Sober October. Didn't you do I, that, I, too? I did it the last, uh, the last two years, um, and, and everyone else, Kaylee, Will Chen, they all, I believe, did it this year. But I'm like, this is lockdown year. Like, there's already so few things I can do in my life. Like, you're going to take away, you know, alcohol? Hell no. I, I, I didn't do it. And uh, I, I don't, <laughs> the way things are going these last couple of days, I don't foresee. I think I'll hold off till 2021 for that. that sounds like a good idea. I, um, I have not stopped drinking, uh, just so you know. I, I've, I've not can committed myself to any sort of uh, restrictive diet and drinking. Uh, but I did just uh, go back to Costco and picked up one of my favorites. Um, they've got wow. that giant bottle of sweet silver tequila, which is surprisingly tasty. Um, and then of course the Tres Agaves uh, margarita mix, uh, which is also yeah. delicious. So, you know what I just found at Costco and, and Mitch, don't worry, we'll get back to you in a second, but now we're talking about my favorite thing to talk about on planet. No, Earth. by all means. Costco has, because um, Shelly just bought this for uh, the AlohaMask.com staff the other day, and I didn't realize Costco had it. They have a bunch of these gallon size pre-mixed, like Mai Tais, um, Kaloa Rum, like Pineapple Madness. They have the, the, the uh, margarita stuff too, but it's pre-mixed. Everything, including the alcohol is in there, and you just dump it out over ice, and you have yourself a nice a nice little cocktail and it's like in those gallon jugs from Costco. So it's at least enough to get you through like one half of a night's election coverage. Yeah. Originally last night I had said to uh, Lauren, I said, you know, what we should do is, is we should drink every time a red uh, state turns red. Um, and then like the first printout comes out and like half the country's red and we're just like, okay, no, that's not going to happen. No, we're going to die. We just take a few shots throughout the night though, just so we didn't, uh, wind so, up crying ourselves to sleep. So Mitch, now that you're off of your 75 hard or whatever it is, feel free to get yourself a glass of wine or whatever your cocktail of choice um, around the house is. Uh, Maleko and I can um, talk amongst ourselves. And, 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 and Mitch, while you're doing that, you need to think of a word of the day. And every time, Mitch, you say this word, we're all going to drink. 
So, you know, whatever word that you want to come up with. Hopefully and, he uh, heard that. Huh? It's, that's an important part of this. Yeah, oh, Mitch, you got to come up with the word of the day, Mitch. Okay. What do you got um, there? Uh, I've got some tequila on hand. Ooh! Yes. So Especially, I can do that. Nice. A little, <laughs> little silver. Especially. Are you just going to shoot it out of the bottle like Flash? Yeah, might as well. I'll, I'll be in a top form just like Flash today. So, oh, so Mitch, what, what's our word of the day? Ooh, uh, why don't we make it fire? Fire! Yes! And, and I'm sorry, Mitch, what's the name of your movie? Water Like Fire. fire. Also known as tequila. <laughs> Marco, t tell Mitch and uh, all the viewers what they need to do every time they hear the word of the so day. Every time you hear the word of the day, take a sip of your cocktail and make a bunch of noise, okay? So, class, give us a test. Uh, so we have uh, Mitch here, the producer, director, writer of uh, this new movie called Water Like Fire. Fire! <laughs> I'm going to add on to the drinking uh, game portion of this in that, uh oh, I've got a call coming in. Uh, every time we see Maleko's cat in the background, um, we're also going to have to drink. Oh, okay, so everybody no. has to drink because Freddie did just make a cameo there. So, mm. yeah. Very good, very good. I might add for the viewers, by the way, Flash looks especially sexy today. Oh, and, uh, you know, it's it's been hard. We're radio DJs. And so originally this was easy to enjoy this podcast because you didn't have to look at us. Uh, but once we went to video, we realized quickly something needed to be done about Flash's face. So we bought a ring light and Flash, you look fantastic. Doesn't he look great, Mitch? Absolutely. I wish we had this for the five facts show in his uh, in his studio, man. Very true. <laughs> it's so little, so late. Look at that. That's beautiful. So Flash yeah. has a new channel Just... doing makeup tutorials. Yeah. Um, and contouring and shadowing is his newest video. You should check it out. It's fantastic. Never mind our network TV weekly show. No, let's get the ring light for our crappy podcast. Great timing. <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic all right so mitch this movie um is is filled with uh with some great local cast members uh local people will automatically automatically recognize some of the celebrity cast uh but tell us about uh some of the ingenues some of the new cast members here that were uh, making their film debut well, um, actually, our lead, Tayana Tully, she's actually been in a lot of things. So many people recognize her from a lot of different local commercials. She's been in, um, in 5.0 and Magnum PI, but this was actually one of her first big film projects coming back from um, studying abroad in, um, in acting school. Um, so she really credits a lot of everything that's been happening um, her being able to get into the acting scene locally um, from this. And people are going to be able to recognize uh, Kimo Kahuano. Um, obviously, he plays a big role in the film. Love Kimo. Um, uh, Angie Anderson and uh, Randall Galias Jr. are also other cast members. Uh, and they're all, um, our entire cast and crew was 100% local. Everyone from here. And by the way, shout out to Kainua McGee, who somehow ends up with some little role in every single local movie, every filmed, I think. I love Kainoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mitch, you're, you're, to cast the lead, um, obviously that's the most important casting decision you need to make um, in any movie. 
Did you have her in mind when you were writing it or did you have her in mind, you know, when you first started looking for cast or did you go through, you know, a bunch of different people and happen to stumble upon her? We actually, um, so Josiah Simpson, who's a good friend of mine, he co-wrote the film with me and he wrote it um, a while back and then presented the script to me. And I was like, we have to make this. Um, we did hold auditions, but I was actually supposed to be crew for another film that didn't end up happening, but we held auditions. And Tayana Tully was one of the people that came out and auditioned for that. And I said, hey, I've got this role. I think you would be really perfect for it. Would you mind coming out um, and reading for it? So we had auditions for the lead, but I kind of had a gut feeling about her from the beginning when she did the audition for that other film. I was like, this is, I, I, I wanted her to be in it completely. Now, you know, we hear about directors who choose to work with certain actors and um, other directors in interviews have said, you know, I just felt like this was the right person for the role. Um, that seems like such a director thing to say. It's just like, I know it and I feel it in this character. What is it, what's the connection there? Like what part of her made you think she's, she's my girl? It was not just, um, cause the character in that other film, the character she was auditioning for wasn't anything like Chanel, the character in my film but just kind of her demeanor when she came into the audition, her as a person, I kind of saw Chanel um, in her from the start. And in my head, she had this, had the look of who I pictured the character being. So I just really wanted to give her um, a shot. And when she auditioned for the role, she knocked it out of the park. Now, Mitch, uh, in your next movie, if you're looking for a fat old guy an over-the-hill TV guy. I, He's I, got I, a ring light now, so definitely. Just I might know some flash to get that role. <laughs> <laughs> I stole your thunder. You suck. You did steal my thunder. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> uh, so now this film, when you make a film like this, you know it's uh, this. This is a passion project. You weren't funded. Nobody, nobody. Netflix didn't come to you with a three-movie mm -hmm. deal and say we need this by October. Um, you know, there's two ways that these movies can get produced. It's like one, you get a big bunch of funding and you get a green light from a major studio or they're independent films that get produced basically on the money that comes out of your lint pocket, uh, your pocket change in the ashtrays of your cars. This was that kind of film. So when you make a movie like this, how do you get it? How do you get it shown? Who do you take it to? Or how do you shop a movie like that? Well, I think there's, um, and that's where festivals come into play, film festivals. So Hawaii International Film Festival um, is really an awesome opportunity for uh, independent filmmakers to have their work seen. Because I mean, one of the biggest goals is for any filmmaker is to really see your work on the big screen. So any kind of festival, um, being able to support them um, really helps support filmmakers in the long run. And Hawaii International Film Festival uh, came to you, or at least you, you submitted the movie to them. They were excited to have it. Uh, but when this first got pitched, the original thought was everything at the at HIF this year was going to be digital. And uh, HIF debuted in, with their Spring Festival. Um, they had a, this brand new app idea. Basically, it's an app that goes on to like your Apple TV or your Roku or Fire Stick. Um, and it's very similar to like the Netflix app on those devices where you open it up. You see a Rolodex of movies. You can click a movie, read more about it, watch the trailer, and then click to play it. 
very intuitive. We already know how to do this. Everyone in the country knows how to work a device like this. Um, HIF made one and it works great. They debuted it with the Spring Festival. I got to see movies on it. It's, it's identical to Netflix in terms of usability. So they were ready to go with that during COVID. They thought the Fall Festival is going to be entirely streaming and that's fine. It works great for you. You can watch all the movies on your own schedule. Um, but there was really no thought that they were going to be in theaters, particularly when their home theater, Regal, pulled all their cinemas from being open about mm -hmm. a month ago. Um, and so what was your thought at that point uh, when they said, by the way, we're going 100% digital? I mean, from the beginning, the, the submission process for HIF was earlier in this year. So I already kind of knew ahead of time that with COVID, with everything going on, most likely it'll all be digital. And I was just happy to have the premiere being through um, being, you know, on the home ground here in Hawaii because the film is Hawaii centric. But when they announced that they were going to be having um, an actual screening in person available, I was completely surprised and super excited because that's like I said, that's the big goal to have it on the big screen. So they are having it on November 29th, but they actually let me know a few days ago, they actually added another screening um, in a drive-in setting on November 15th. Um, so there's a few theater screenings, but they've also also set up a bunch of drive-in theater screenings around um, this month as well. So you can go to hif.org right now and get all the information and get tickets? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's fantastic. This, uh, this drive-in movie resurgence, I think, is probably my favorite thing that came out of COVID. Um, drive-in movies were such a great experience. And for old people like me and Flash, it was really a part of our youth. You know, particularly, Flash, you were Kailua boy. So you remember, you know, the Kailua oh, yeah. drive-in. Oh, yeah. I, went, is, I would go to Kailua drive-in all the time. Yeah, we all would. I, actually, I don't remember what it looks like at the entrance because every time I went, my brother stuffed me under the back stairwell. Yeah. So they didn't have to pay for me to go. So I'm sure I'm sure the entrance looked great, but I only ever got to see the movie once you get inside. Where are yeah. these drive-ins at? Um, so there's one happening in Almoana. They're gonna have one set up at Windward Mall, I believe. Um, and Water Like Fire is gonna Hello! be oh. <laughs> <Woo -hoo! laughs> ah! Woo! The film is going to be <laughs> um, that that drive-in is going to be in the parking lot by the Varsity Building off University Avenue, kind of behind that Burger King on Baratania. Mm. And, and now there's they actually the the drive-in has um, the whole drive-in setup, uh, regardless of what location it is. They have an Instagram now. It's called Aloha Drive-In Movies on Instagram, and uh, Hif. Uh, hif.org has all that drive-in information as well. They've got like a drive-in tab um, right on the nav bar on the homepage now. That's fantastic. You know, this, uh, the fact that they were able to tie that in. So you're getting, originally you thought it was going to be streaming and streaming is great. People love, you know, people have great home theater setups, you know, watching a movie at home can be more enjoyable than being in the theater. Um, but nothing quite compares to that live theater experience, um, drive-in or not. Uh, so now you've got a couple of screenings, a couple of showings. Are you nervous? What happens now? Like now your baby is about to be seen and judged by the world. 
No pressure. Oh, you had to use that word judge, didn't you? <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a harsh word. No, but it's true. Enjoyed. I, it, it can be enjoyed by the world. I, I'm definitely very, very nervous. Um, I'm, I'm ex it's, it's an interesting emotion. I, I'm excited. I'm relieved that the film is done and in the can. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what people um, what people think about it. Because also the thing about it being virtual um, through HIF is that they are nationwide um, through the online streaming as well. So like there's some festivals like in um, in California and the rest of the country where it's only uh, whoever's in that area. But I th I'm excited that because HIF is, the virtual site is gonna be available to anyone in the US, um, whoever wants to see it, no matter where they are in the country can view the film. Mitch, let me explain to you how the interwebs work. Once it goes digital, it's not just national. Anybody around the world can see this movie. Oh, well, I know that, but. <laughs> no pressure. You know what's funny? I thought, and this was something that made me feel like I remember that I made it a while back, was a film. There was a film I made in 2014 that uh, we had a premiere at Doris Duke Theater. And I don't know how, because I don't remember putting it online, but the whole film ended up on YouTube with like weird Indian subtitles. And I was huh. like, Someone pirated my movie. I was so flattered. <laughs> you were flattered by that. That's when you know you made it. <laughs> and not only not only was it pirated, it was pirated and translated yeah. into, into another <laughs> That's major. You know you've made it. <laughs> hey, you know what? We've gone all this way and we haven't actually asked Mitch what the movie is about. Please explain to us what water like fire. <laughs> oh, that was a bad idea. I'm regretting that now. <laughs> so this movie <laughs> is a, it's about these two siblings. It's about a, it's about a brother and a sister who have dealt with this really horrible tragedy of losing both of their parents. And the film really kind of explores how each of them dealt with their grief in different ways. So Caleb, the brother, he was, he turned to um, drugs and substance abuse to deal with that grief. While the sister who was already a surfer, the ocean and surfing was kind of her form of therapy. So there's kind of a duality in how the sister represents water and Caleb, the brother represents fire. <laughs> yeah! But um, so when the brother ends up in a hit and run accident, the sister is forced to come back into his life. And it's really kind of a story of them, their relationship um, coming back together. So will the sequel be called Steam? <laughs> Dad joke, oh, had to do it. Dad, Dad joke. joke, had Love to it. do it. Um, so the, not only, I mean, we talked about the lead, but obviously the casting of the brother is, is it has to be very important as well. Who plays the brother? So a uh, local actor, Randall Galeas Jr. plays um, Caleb, the brother. And he's, I've actually known him before this film. I saw him in a few local film productions, but he's won like several polkellas from stage productions. And he's absolutely amazing. Like he 
completely blew me away with how he was in the film and he was very generous with his performance. I asked him to do a few things that um, were very vulnerable for him, I think. So I always had to check in and be all like, you okay? That was a heavy scene. That was a really heavy scene. <laughs> um, yeah. But he was such a trooper, man. How, how is it when you, when you go and you do the original shoot, which is you know a week, week and a half, and then you might go back to that same actor two years later to say, hey, let's do that super vulnerable scene again, out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully we didn't have to do any reshoots um, with any of those scenes. All those were, were pretty, um, they knocked it out of the park that, the, that first production week. A lot of the um, pickups and the reshoots were of a smaller, smaller additional scenes that kind of added to those, those bigger ones. I tried my best to, uh, we tried our best to get all the really heavy, complicated stuff out of the way um, when we were all available that first production week. Did, did you ever, was there ever a, a point in this last three plus years when you're like, I don't, th I'm never going to get this movie done? Oh, constantly. <laughs> there was like, there. I mean, I, I dealt with so many moments where I just thought it wouldn't work. Nobody was going to get it. What is the point in doing it? And I feel like I go through that with any film I make, though, I feel. And I feel like any artist kind of goes through the waves of those feelings of self-doubt and how people are going to feel about their work and stuff. The judging. The judging. <laughs> it is. It's judging. You know, it's, uh, it's your first feature film that's going to have a widespread audience. Um, and quite literally, it's a nationwide release uh, because of, of HIPS or REACH this year. Um, but it's it's the kind of thing that when it takes off like fire, <gasps> whoa! <laughs> People are gonna expect a follow-up. People are gonna, are gonna have their eyes on, on you. You might get some attention from a studio. You might get uh, some attention from an investor. Um, you know, what's, uh, is this the kind of film you want to continue to make? Um, or are you, uh, are you looking towards, uh, uh d moving into a different direction or what's your, what's your style like now, a few years after you shot this film? Um, that's a really good point because I feel like when I watch it, even now, it's very much a reflection of who I was as a filmmaker three years ago. It kind of feels like looking back into a time capsule because I've definitely grown so much in that time. I've made other short films. Um, there's another one of my short films is also in HIF this year in the Made in Hawaii short section. Wow, um, you are killing it. And I feel like this is this is definitely what I'm good at. There's some people who tease me that I'm, I'm good at the touchy-feely, emotional, make people cry kind of stories. <laughs> but, because um, I'm a big like sap. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely want to keep uh, making stuff here. Like my goal has never been, my, my goal right now is not to necessarily go off and make some big budget Hollywood movie, but there's so much talent we have here and to help cultivate local Hawaii talent, whether it be the actors, people who are um, good with makeup on set, behind the camera, camera operators, anything, um, to make more Hawaii centric stories is what I'm really passionate about. Do you have an idea of what you want to shoot next? Well, so 
I, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with who Lopaka Kapanui is. He's He runs Mysteries of Hawaii. He's the local ghost tour guy. Uh, hello. He's been a guest on the podcast. Oh, has he? Yes. Lopaka. So, so actually, Lopaka so, and I So are thanks really, for watching, really... Mitch. We appreciate you participating <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> actually, it was a while ago. We had him on a few years ago. It's two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago, Halloween. It was almost two years ago to the day. Oh, of course. He's a super good friend of mine, though. And actually, the short film um, that I also directed that's in HIP this year is called Charity. He wrote it and starred in it. It was a collaboration between him and I. And we've been talking lately about um, some ideas we have brewing to making more, um, more content together, collaborating on more things. Um, potentially a Twilight Zone-ish kind of uh, online series that uh, chronicles a lot of his different stories. So I've been excited to kind of dip my dip my toe in the like horror thriller genre a bit more. Oh, um, that's, that's my favorite. I, I mean, you know, Lopaka has so many great, you know, local ghost stories that are, you know, I don't want to say necessarily based in truth, but based in local urban legend, I think there would be, um, a, you know, a, a strong supportive local audience to see some of these, you know, classic, you know, local urban legends on, on the screen. That would be fantastic. Give me a movie oh, of White Lady. Yes. Especially because, because Hawaii is such a melting pot. We have ghost stories from Japan, the Philippines, uh, China, all the different Polynesian islands, all like in this, that have kind of converged into this one area. Um, so that's really exciting. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about it. There may be more news about that um, in the coming months, for sure. Excellent. Uh, again, maybe there there's a role there for um, a fat over the hill uh, <laughs> TV journalist with amazing hair. <laughs> um, Mitch, for for the HIF showings, um, I'm guessing they're not going to have you know any of the you know pre and post show sort of you know hobnobbing type events that that they would normally. So are they going to transition to do any sort of like Zoom Q and A or any sort of you know virtual event type thing around any of your movies? Yeah, so they did do a, I did do a Zoom Q&A for both Charity, the short film, and Water Like Fire. Oh, God. Oh! I'm over here enjoying and, um, my margarita, watching you guys in pain. I'm like, hmm. I do believe both of those um, are available. They're attached to the virtual screening so when you watch them online you'll have the option if you want to watch the q a um, oh, along with it okay um are you going to be hosting any of your own things not on the hif platform but but anything um directly uh, around any of these movies um i'm still trying to think about that i know that for charity lopak and i have talked about using that as a catalyst to show um hey this is what we made with zero budget we want to use this as a, as a way to show what we want to make for maybe that series. Um, for Water Like Fire, oh my God. <laughs> yes! Yay! Yes! <laughs> ah! Oh, I hate it. Oh. I'm gonna need a new so drink. Good. So good. 
but for that's something I, I'm really thinking about. Um, I know we're definitely going to be submitting it to more festivals, but uh, I'm looking into what else we can do locally because I would love for a lot of uh, more of the local audience to be able to have other opportunities to see it for sure. I also, I mean, personally, I'm just sort of a, a film nerd and uh, it's just my natural curiosity. But I think, you know, e even if it's virtual doing, um, you know, Zoom Q&As, that sort of thing. I think a lot of people dig, dig that, particularly like a, a typical HIF audience member. You know, th they want to get the inside scoop and, you know, look behind the curtain. So um, I, I, I strongly suggest that, that you look into something like that. And, and that'll just help, you know, further broaden and solidify, you know, your fan base as well for future things. But I, I, I love, I love all those, the filmmaker Q and A's at HIF and it's, you know, it sucks that you can't have that in-person element this year, but, you know, hopefully you can figure out something online that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to the cast about doing some Q and A's like that, that we can post on IGTV through the Instagram or anything like that to give a kind of a more of a, like you said, peeling back the curtain perspective of what it was like for Tayana to get into this character or any of um, anything like that. So we may have more of that content coming out for sure. Yeah. So once again, um, tell us very quickly uh, the name of the movie and where people can find it online. So the name of the film is Water Like Fire. Fire! Yeah! <laughs> and it will be premiering through HIF starting tomorrow. You can go to HIF.org to get tickets. And if you want more information of anything related to the film, they can go to at Water Like Fire the Film on Instagram. Fire! <laughs> Mitch, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you on Instagram? And, and uh, if you have your own website, plug that too. Um, I don't. I really got to get that started. You got the Instagram, though. Yeah. Um, they can find me at Mitchell V on Instagram. And yeah. <laughs> and if you want to see some of Mitch's work, you can go to PonoForThePeople.org and watch all uh, nine of our uh, episodes of that show there. Uh, even though voting is over, it's still good to educate yourself um, on, on all of the different uh, topics that we discussed there. And uh, speaking of that, Maleko, fingers crossed, but next week we may have uh, one of the local politicians that just won on the podcast next week if the timing works out. Ooh, is it Augie T? <laughs> I've been looking you know, for a new co-host. You know, that fucker. He told me many times over the last year that, yes, I will do the podcast. And he wanted to do it before the primary, you know, to help get the word out about him doing the thing. And then, he, you know, he, he never pulled through. So I'm going to I'm going to have to rake him over the coals and, and finally get him on the podcast. Well, he's he's got a lot to celebrate. I mean, he pulled off a victory off of a, a very, very popular incumbent, uh, you know, so Willis Sparrow was somebody nobody thought he could beat and uh you know augie t this morning is smiling big and proud so yeah get him on the show augie if you're watching brah come on yeah, he's, not, he's not watching uh, this Mitch, face here Mitch. could be you augie i could replace this block <laughs> with it'd be the maleko and augie podcast there you go there you go all right mitch thank you so much uh the movie 
water like fire water like fire at hif hif.org you can see it in the drive-in as well uh mitch thank you so much for joining us today and uh thank you for all your hard work on uh, the five facts tv show uh that's been airing on kitv uh you've done such a fantastic job with that and uh oh god all those hours of interviews you have to go through uh to cut it down to something watchable has just been uh you've been fantastic man we really appreciate uh, all your help on that and uh we wish you all the best with uh hif and your future movies again you know maleko he's a washed up actor his wife though true story his wife is actually a good actor and if you're she looking is. for a, a female lauren put your face in here we'll do a quick little casting thing so <laughs> You can skip over Maleko altogether and actually cast a good actor in your next movie, his wife, Lauren. No, Lauren? That's it. No, she's, she's, she's in the shy. other room. She's, All right. she's not participating, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll send you a headshot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Mitch, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye, buddy. And thanks, everybody, for watching. The podcast is back. We'll be back next Wednesday uh, with more shenanigans. We'll see you guys.